the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Browning. Hey, how's it going? Podcast listener, friends, lovers, family, awesome people. Um, Hope you're having a good day. Hope you're having a good night. I am hanging out in Vegas right now. I'm kind of on the road as I record this. I've been on the road since Monday morning, really early. Um, Had a stop up at my friend Michael Neely's event. He's an alumni of the podcast. I was there for three days uh, speaking and actually recording episodes and getting some really great interviews. And then on Wednesday, I flew out to Vegas and landed here just now. I guess last night it was as I record this right now. So as usual, I'm going live on Facebook for this episode, so you can follow me if you're not already at, uh, at Matt Browning or my personal profile, M. Browning, and you'll see me there on Facebook, so you can do these live with me whenever I come on. If you're on Facebook, make sure you click the link above. Go to mattbrowningpodcast.com and you can subscribe on the platform you're choosing, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, we're on iHeart, we're on Google Play, everything, because I do two episodes a week. And only one of them is on Facebook. The other one is only in studio that goes in the podcast stream. So glad to have you here with me. So great to see everybody. And so great to, uh, I I guess can't hear your voice, but you can hear mine. So let's pretend we're in the same room. So today I got a pretty simple proposition for you. Um, I am at the Westin hanging out, um, doing a conference at the Bellagio. So I'm a a big SPG slash Marriott person. Uh, So I love to stay at my hotel of choice because I'm platinum elite there because I travel so dang much. And it's kind of nice. You know, you go to the Bellagio, no one knows you, but you go to the uh, Westin or a Marriott and they treat you like a king. So here I am hanging out a block away. The quote today is very, very cool. So I put it up in the description. Where did I just put the description? It was so good too. I want to make sure that you're with me on this. I've been in the conference all day and it's a conference about media. And, you know, for me, I've been, as you know, probably if you've been listening or watching me for any length of time, you know that I've been doing live speaking and live workshops and live uh, face-to-face, heart-to-heart, belly-to-belly coaching for a long time. Um, 12 years now, um, I've helped thousands of people. I've been all around the world doing this and I absolutely love it with all my heart. I also am starting to tire out just a little bit, not of the people, but of the, the schedule of having to be live everywhere I go. So what I'm doing over the next kind of the course of the next year is leveraging with media a little bit more. So I'm in a media training and uh, it's really great so far. It's with a a, a new friend of mine and I'll talk about him more uh, in upcoming episodes. He might even be at a live event at some point. Um, So far today has been fabulous. And one of the quotes that came um, as a result of the teaching today, we were talking about trying things out and basically the idea is as a leader, as an expert, if you think you're going to be great from the beginning, you're sorely mistaken. My podcast episodes are pretty good. In fact, they've gotten better. Can they use growth? Of course they can. They're going to get way better. Like 200 episodes later, they're going to be amazing. Now they're okay. But my first couple episodes, go back and listen to some in the archives. They were horrendous. I mean, and that was the best stuff. I threw away my best, my worst episodes, and now they're just okay. 
So the quote is, you got to go through the fire. You got to, yeah, I just wrote it down again. It was so, so good. Yeah, you got to go through the fire of not knowing. I know it's in the description on Facebook, but for you in podcast land, I need you to know this. You have to go through the fire of not knowing. And here's what that means. Whatever you try to do that's new in life, there is always a fire that you have to walk through. So the metaphor I've used before is, you know, like look at a brick, right? A, a, a clay brick. If you look at a brick, a brick can hold a lot of weight. You can build an entire building, multiple stories out of a brick. But the reason the brick is hardened and the reason the brick can hold so much weight is because it's been through the fire. Before a brick goes through the fire, the fire of doubt, the fire of failing, the fire of ridicule, of criticism, of falling on its face. Oh, I guess that's you, maybe not the brick. But before the brick goes through the fire, it's nothing but a clay block. And a clay block can support no weight. So if you just put a house full of clay and you, and you set it, the day later when you come back, it's going to be a, just a heap. It's going to look like mud. It's going to be a big mess because it can't support any weight. So there's always, every time we go through a fire, it's always uncomfortable. It always is, is tricky to go through. But when you go through it, you always come out stronger. And, and the important thing is this. You're able to come out stronger and support the weight at the end of it. And that's what, uh, what the fire is really all about. So I thought about my life, and like, like I, I said in, a, in an earlier episode, I think on Monday this week or Tuesday, and if you're listening every single week or watching every week, uh, twice a week, I love you for it. Uh, I hope this blesses you every single time I come on, and that's the intention. Like, I'm literally here for you right now. It is 10 o'clock on Thursday night um, as I'm recording this in my hotel room, so trust me, I, I, I cannot wait to go to bed. But I thought of you, and I thought, I want to make sure that, that, that I give you something to chew on this week, something to, to resonate with, and something that's going to bless your day or your morning drive if you're listening to this the next day. That, that's what I'm looking for. So when I thought about going through the fire of not knowing, that was the key. Because I've talked about going through the fire before, but the fire of not knowing, you know, I can remember my life, um, there's so many things that I've done that I didn't know how to do it, but I still had to go through anyway. You know, so whether it's, you know, when I started my first business, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know. I, like, I started a business, at, I had just turned 22. It was five days after my 22nd birthday. And I went down and I filed a fictitious business name and then I filed articles of incorporation and then I went to the mailbox, et cetera, and got a business card and I made up a name out of my butt. I just came up with Outlook Lending because I thought that sounded pretty cool. Um, and like, I didn't know what to do. But there was a fire in there, and there's a lot of mistakes along the way, you know? So, like, in the very beginning, I sent out Christmas cards because it was December when I started. So I thought the first thing I should do is write down everybody I know, and I sent out Christmas cards immediately to, like, 70 people, including my family and friends and everyone else. And out of those 70 Christmas cards, I had some connection calls come back, and uh, I suppose probably some text messages. And out of that, three loans came out, and... Two of them ended up not going through, but one of them finished. And I made my first you know, $10,000 in my very first business. And I think, gosh, like if I knew now, you know, if I knew then what I know now, you know, how often do we say that, I probably would have done things differently. And I've been asking that question a lot on interviews for the podcast lately. So I, I've recorded some amazing, amazing interviews that haven't aired yet. Uh, but when they do, you'll see one of the things I've been asking lately is at the end, if you could do everything all over again, would you? You know, uh, if you could change everything 
or even just one thing? Would you change everything or would you leave it all the same? And most people look back in their mind and they think about the fire they've been through. Whether it was failure and not knowing, whether it was abuse or negativity or loss or whatever the case may be personally, every person so far has, has reached back in their mind and considered the question. Most of them, some of them not, but most of them have said, you know, I don't like a lot of the things I've done or a lot of the things I've been through, but I don't know that I would change anything. I believe this. I believe the reason why they wouldn't change anything is because that's going through the fire. When you go through the fire of not knowing, lessons come that would never come any other way. When I wrote my first book, it was 2007, and I'm thinking about this a lot, as you know, because I'm writing a new book right now, and I just, today, I'm looking at my watch right now, just today, I officially sent back the final edited revision of the manuscript back for proofreading, and it's going to go right into proofreading and layout, and we're shooting for a release still, Crossing fingers right now that we can make the deadline, but we're shooting for a release of July 13th for the ebook and August 13th for the hardcover. Well, I'll tell you right now, when I, when I released my first book, it was 2007. It was 11 years ago. 11 years ago. Not only was the publishing world different, you know, it was a self-published book. Um, I had to go find a printer. I didn't, there wasn't any create space on Amazon. Um, I didn't have Unprecedented Press, which is the hybrid publisher I have today. They're awesome, phenomenal at uh, taking care of me and taking care of the book. I ordered, I just told this story, which is funny, uh, on stage a couple of days ago, I, I was part of an author panel, and we were talking about having a book to build authority. So I said, everyone's got to have a book, and people were worried about their book, and they had to, which book should I have, and I'm, I've been writing my book. People said they've been writing their book for eight or nine years, and they, you know, they're like they're stuck on, on having the perfect idea, the perfect name, the perfect whatever. And my idea was just have as many books as you want. Like, it's a big deal, but it's not as big of a deal as it used to be. So my first book is Total Freedom from Addictions. I learned a lot from there. Here's the truth: it wasn't that great of a book early on. It was my heart and soul. I worked on it for years, and I finally got the thing out. And then I went to a printer. And uh, out in Florida, the printer sent me a pallet of books. They sent me a thousand books, which seemed like very little. Didn't seem like that many books. Ten cases, it came on a frickin' pallet to my driveway. I lived in Boulder, Colorado at the time. And I had to store these books in my garage. I think at least, I, I went through the thousand eventually. And then beyond that, I've probably gone through, for that book, maybe a couple thousand, 2,500 at this point. Um, but I had to throw out at least a case of books from water damage because of snow and, and runoff and melt in the house I was renting at the time. Um, like I went through the fire. And the fire of not knowing how to publish a book, I guess my whole point is this. I'm, just, I'm thinking of different elements in my life where I've gone through a fire of not knowing and did it anyway. And I want to encourage you today, if there's something you don't know completely, something you're not sure how to do, something you've been waiting for right here, right now, I encourage you to start. Don't start planning on not finishing. Start with a plan to finish. And what will happen is you might screw up. Nay, you will screw up along the way. And I'm not speaking negative, I'm speaking positive because I want you to experience the fire. Fire hardens us, it strengthens us, it grows us. If you never went through the fire of not knowing, you would just sit around not knowing and nothing would come from it except for fear, trepidation, uncertainty. 
But when you go through the fire of not knowing, you're forced to figure things out. And some of the things that I figured out over the years of like how to do the book this time versus last time, I only figured it out because I did it wrong, right? Because I messed things up. That's how I know how to do it differently this time, right? I'll give you a quick example, just a, a specific example. Book covers. The first book cover, I, of course, designed myself because I figured it was free and I could do it. And Jack Barton right now on Facebook says, hell yes, and I agree with you, Jack. Go for it. Frank says, thank you, Matt. Challenging but very enlightening. Trial by fire. Yes, that's what we're talking about. So my first book cover, I did myself, and you could tell. <laughs> you could tell. But I didn't know the difference. I just figured, hey, I, have, I, I got this like really jank software that was book uh, design software, and it was terrible. I mean, I had this like picture of like an ocean that I took in Newport Beach, and you know, it looked like every other um, self-growth, self-published book. It was like a picture of the wave. I almost put a picture of me forlornly looking out in the ocean. Come back to me. Come back to me. It was terrible. The new book cover, the funny thing is, I don't like it as much. But you know what I did differently? I listened to my publisher and my book graphic designer that the publisher works with. And you know what they said? They said, you should look at all the books on the New York Times bestseller list in your category at Barnes & Noble. And you should look at the patterns of how those books are designed. And we're going to design a cover that looks like a Barnes & Noble New York Times bestselling book. And I was like, that's really smart. That's really smart. I should, I guess, if I'm going to be a New York Times bestselling author, I should probably have a New York Times bestselling book cover, right? So it's that sort of thing that, like, it seems obvious when I say it now, and I feel like an idiot, really, for, for trying to do it on my own. But I, I didn't have money. I didn't have money to spare then, you know, and usually you either have time or money. So I didn't have a lot of money. So I thought, oh, I could do it all myself. So some of the trial by fire or the uh, going through the fire of not knowing is I didn't realize what it took to design a book. I didn't know what it took to write a book. I didn't know what it took to put on seminars. My first seminar ever, I sucked at it. I really sucked at it. For those of you who want to build a workshop business or a speaking business, you want to help people through that, you want to make an impact by speaking and being in live rooms, I've done several hundred multi-day and single-day events. If you add up single-day and evening events, I've probably done over a thousand uh, training days or keynote speeches or, or workshops. And I think at this point, one of the things I've learned is I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't start. You know, my very first seminars, you may have heard the story already, it was a big success. There were six people there, including my parents. Not a big success, right? It, it just, it wasn't good. And I hired a videographer and I hired an audio technician. I, I rented this big hotel and I got all this food. And I spent, I think, $10,000 probably to put on this one day event. And at the end of it, I had six people, including my parents. Each person paid $15. And I didn't have an upsell. Nobody bought anything at the end because I didn't know how that works. So I didn't realize that people might be, they want more of you once they see you, once they experience you. So I guess my point is I'm sitting in this place where I set a goal. In fact, let me tell you that backstory. I set a goal that I wanted to put on my first workshop. And a friend of mine in Australia named Mark Rolton. So shout out to Mark if you're out there. Because buddy, I don't know if you actually know this. Uh, Mark's a very, very successful property uh, developer and, and option. He, he did property options. Anyway, that's another story. But Mark, I was with him. I was hanging out at his house. We were walking along the beach in Miami in the Gold Coast in Australia. 
I'll never forget this. I'm walking along and, and the sun's you know setting and we're just going along for a walk. And he's, I told him my dream. I said, I, I think I want to run my own workshops. And I'll never forget. He looked at me and said, that's great, mate. Or however he talks. He said, when? I'm like, what do you mean when? I'm like, I don't know, you know, next year. He said, no, 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 when? Like, if you want to do it, just do it. So I kind of got caught off guard. And I said, uh, uh, 45 days. I said, I was still in Australia for like another week or two. So I said, 45 days. That was early to like, uh, no, it wasn't early. It was like October or November. I think November, 2006. I said, he said, 45 days. I said, I said, 45 days. He said, 45 days. 45 days. And I didn't put on my first seminar in 45 days. But 55 days later, to the day, I had produced my very first workshop. And in that moment, everything was wrong. My PowerPoint sucked. I had barely any turn-up rate. It was too expensive. I didn't sell anything. I thought I didn't make a difference. But I put on my first workshop, and I went through a fire of not knowing how to do it. And what I learned from that first workshop is number one, many of you have heard the story again and again if you've been at my live workshops now, uh, any of our NLP workshops or, or speaking workshops, I've probably shared the story of Kay at the first workshop and how she said that something that we did changed her life and she changed the decision she had made and, and she had a tear in her eye and, and oh, man, as I think about it now, I've told that story probably a hundred, no, more than that, 500 times. But right now, as I'm thinking about it, I realize if I didn't go through the fire of putting on my first workshop, even though I didn't believe in myself, and even though I didn't know how to do it, and even though I didn't have everything right yet, I would have missed Kay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, I'm... If you're on Facebook, you can see me. If, if you're on the podcast, I, I, I don't often get emotional uh, when I'm recording videos and, and audios for you, but it just never struck me. Thanks, Tina. <laughs> She's sending love. If I didn't go through the fire of not knowing, I would have missed out on Kay, and she would have missed out on that moment of change. Somebody's waiting for you right now. This is what you need to hear tonight. This is the end of the whole dang podcast. Somebody's waiting for you tonight to show up, whether it's writing your book, it's put on your workshop, it's starting your, your coaching business, it's opening the doors to something, it's quitting your job and coming home early. Somebody is waiting for you right now. And if you wait until you're ready or you wait until you know, they're going to miss you. Dang, and you're going to miss them. Everyone, every single person is just as important as the entire group. Don't think your first workshop is going to be 6,000 people and that's how you're going to make a difference. That's bull. If your first workshop is one person, they needed to be there. And I know, easy for me to say, right? I do workshops with hundreds of people and I've done it for years or whatever. But I promise you, whether you're me or you're Tony Robbins or you're whoever, I guarantee you, you can look out at the crowd and go, man, that one person is worth it. I've shown up for workshops with three people. 
I've shown up to meetups, evening meetups with one person. And I sat and I gave the entire meetup for the one person. At the end of it, it was like, man, I remember one person, I was in San Diego, I showed up, there was one person at my meetup. And at the end of it, he said, I, I can't imagine not having come out to this. I'm so grateful you stayed. This is, this is exactly what I needed right now. And I was like, you know what? An hour ago, I was pissed off. Now, I'm so grateful that, uh, that I do what I do, you know, and I'm so grateful to show up. So if you got nothing else from this whole episode, thanks for all the love, everyone, by the way, Erica and Petia, so awesome. If you get nothing else from this whole episode, get this. Be willing to go through the fire of not knowing because it will build you and it will shape you into who you need to be when it counts even more. That's what we're talking about. You know, like if you put me in front of 5,000 people right now, I promise you this, I might not be the best in the world, but I will be ready. The reason I'll be ready is because I went through the fire so many times. I worked my tail off on crowds of, of one to 20, hundreds of speaking gigs and workshops to do that. And when you put me in front of 100 people, I was ready because I had crafted myself so well and I had practiced it and I had gone through the fire and I figured it out and I made my mistakes and I screwed up. And now I've done 100 people and 200 people and 300 enough times, right? That if you put me in front of thousands, I go, I know what to do. The same is true for your podcast. The same is true for your book. The same is true for TV. The same is true for, you know, like if you're waiting for like the big impact of, of helping someone in a, uh, you know, a, a multi seven figure business or on the other spectrum of a suicide intervention or, or some, you know, something that's really big, something that someone that really matters, right? If you're waiting for that, quit waiting. You got to work on the things that are small. If you can help someone intervene and coach them on how they can love their dog better, you know, or, or help them with, with a, a move or help them with a, a habit of junk food or, you know what I mean? Like those are all important things, whatever it is, help them with this stuff. Get into the work you do. I know I'm getting fired up right now, but you know what? You woke me up. It's 10:15 right now as I record this on a Thursday night. Let's get going. Let's do this. Hang up after this. When I hit finish, give me a comment. Give me a like. Give me a love. If you're on iTunes, listen to this. Rate and review. That'll help a ton. But as soon as you finish, literally like end the podcast episode, go leave me a rating and review. That's really important. It takes about one minute. Just do that. After that, hang up and think to yourself, what is one thing I need to do this week that I've been putting off? What is one thing I need to do that I haven't been ready for that I need to freaking start? And then freaking start. That's the end. That's it. That's what the message is. Go through the fire of not knowing and get built up because of it. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for letting me into your life. I so genuinely mean that. This is a big gift. And again, whether it's Facebook or whether it's the podcast, I just, I really am grateful because people are giving me love right now and comments and, uh, and I just, I love it. You know, it's awesome. Um, so, so happy. Oh, wow. As I end, Joel Beck just said, everything you said, every single word was for me. Thank God, and thank you for sharing. I love you. Thank you so much, Joel. Thanks for everyone. I will see you real soon. Uh, be on the lookout for another episode. It'll come on next Monday. Uh, I fly back home on Monday, so I'll be doing an episode Monday on Facebook and then dropping on the podcast stream on Tuesday. Rate and review. Have fun. And more about the book, The Firebox Principle, The Seven Drives That Fuel Every Entrepreneur, which I am hustling to get out. More on that in the coming weeks. See ya. Bye.